invite you to please stand as we read our scripture lesson today from 2 Timothy chapter 2. Here the Apostle Paul is writing uh, to his mentor, Timothy. So we read in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, you then, my child, be strengthened, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust of faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things and and charge them before God not to quarrel about words which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. But God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart, depart from iniquity. That's just a synonym for sin or wickedness. Now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Here ends the reading 
of God's word. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Lord, as, as we read your word, uh, we, we are captivated by the reality that you are so faithful to us. Even when we are faithless, you remain faithful to us. And we see this throughout all of Scripture. And so, Lord, we thank you that you are a faithful God. You're faithful to us. Not because it's something that we've earned, not because it's something we deserve, because it's your nature to bestow grace, to bestow your favor upon us as a free gift. And we thank you for that. So, Lord, in in light of the reality of your faithfulness towards us, I pray that we too would be faithful to you. Lord, that we would serve you faithfully. So, Lord, open our hearts, open our minds, open your word to us today, that we would be transformed by its message. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We've been going through a sermon series on Spirit-Filled Living, and we have learned that the fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And I was thinking as, I, as we were uh, talking about the fruits of the Spirit, I said, I thought, well, really, you can't have any of, of the other fruits of the Spirit without first this fruit of love that comes from the Holy Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit is love. You can't have joy in your life if there's no love in your life. You can't have peace in your life if there's no peace in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience. You can't have patience without love. And today we come to faithfulness. We come to faithfulness. And it's the love of God in Christ Jesus. It's the love of God in Christ Jesus. That that God says to you, I love you. I love you with an everlasting love. I sent my one and only son, Jesus Christ, for you. And he loves you. He loves you. And without, without trusting in and standing in and, and living in the love of God, there's no way for us to experience joy or peace or patience or kindness or goodness or today, faithfulness. The root of all of them is the love of God in Christ Jesus. So as we talk about faithfulness today, it's, it's easy for us to think, well, man, I've, I've got to be this type of person that you know, works extra hard, tries really hard in order to earn God's faithfulness towards me or to earn God's love or to earn God's favor or His grace. So we we are a, a people who depend upon doing things to earn things. That's the way this world works, right? We live in, in, a, in a world where everything is reciprocal. Where if you do this for me, then I'll do that for you. If you work hard at your job, then you'll get a promotion. So everything is based upon, uh, in, in this world, is based upon us doing better, doing something good in order to earn something. But God, He comes to you and He says, You have sinned. You've fallen short of the glory of God. Um, really, all you deserve... The Bible says is is death, for the wages of of sin is death. But God says, because I love you, I give you. I give you my grace. I'm faithful to you. Eternally faithful to you. So I better get to the sermon that I wrote. 
Today, we're talking about God's faithfulness to you and and your faithfulness to God. But let me say this. There is no way, there is no way for you to be faithful to God until you have come to trust and to live in the reality that he has first been faithful to you, that he is eternally and uh, just incredibly faithful towards you. And this is a gracious gift of the Lord. So number one, God's faithfulness towards us, 2 Timothy 2.1. 2 Timothy 2.1, Paul says, you then, and here's a, a, a word of gospel, my child, he calls you my child. Well, that's, that's Paul speaking to Timothy. And uh, Paul uh, thought of, of Timothy, this young pastor. Paul's an older pastor. Timothy's a younger pastor. And Paul thought of him as, as my child. But we can also say that we are children of God, right? It reminds us that we're children of God. You then, my child, be strengthened. Be strengthened by the grace, by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So God's faithfulness towards you, we can describe it as this gift of grace. This gift of grace which strengthens us. And what is grace? Well, grace is God's favor given to you and to me. So grace is God's favor. Did you know that God favors you? He favors you. Uh, we, We don't like it when people play favorites, right? But God says to you, I favor you. It's almost like God saying, you're my favorite. But he doesn't play favorites. He says to each and every one of us, you're my favorite. I love you. I give you my grace. So you are favored by God. You are favored by God. So grace in in the Old Testament, so the, the Old Testament speaks of grace, it refers to the favor of a superior towards an inferior. It speaks of a favor that's really not deserved. A favor that's not deserved. The Old Testament speaks of God's grace to those who don't deserve this favor with God to stand in a place where God says, I favor you. In the New Testament, we're taught about Jesus who came from the Father full of grace. He came from the Father full of grace and truth. And then the Apostle Paul speaks of grace throughout his writings as that which Make salvation possible. We are saved by grace, through faith, apart from the works of the law. And then Paul also speaks of grace as that which strengthens the Christian to live the life that we've been called to live in the Scriptures. So for Paul, it's amazing. It's like grace from beginning to end. It is grace all the way through. And, and this, this is the, uh, the, the life that, that we're called to rest in, is that, it's, that, that, that our lives as Christians depend upon the grace of God. It's not just grace at the beginning to receive the forgiveness of sins and salvation and everlasting life. And then you go off to try as hard as you can to live faithfully before God. So a lot of people, they understand, yeah, we're saved by grace, but then they think, I then have to do a lot of good works in order to maintain my Christian life. But for Paul, he understood that it was grace from the beginning 
all the way through life to the end, entering into glory in heaven. So grace, God's favor, and that's God's faithfulness. God is faithful towards you. And he says, I give you my grace. I favor you. I love you. So disciples of Jesus, you disciples of Jesus gathered here today, you're saved by grace. You're empowered by grace to live as followers of Jesus. You can't live as a faithful disciple apart from the grace of God. Without the grace of God, we would be completely lost. And we would be without any strength. And we would be without any ability to live the life that God has called us to live. So our whole life depends upon grace. So God gives us what we don't deserve. We don't deserve His favor. I've sinned against God. I continue to sin against God. I do that which is is wicked in his sight. I've offended him, and I have not been faithful to God. And how many of you would say, yeah, I agree with you. I, too, am in that place. I haven't lived the life that God has called me to live. That's basic to us as Christians is coming to that place where we admit. It's called walking in repentance. We admit we haven't been faithful to God. So we depend upon his strength. And His grace gives us His strength. That's how faithful God is. So God is faithful to you. He's faithful to His creation. He's faithful to His children. He's faithful to fulfill every promise that He's made. And I'm still learning how to depend upon that grace today. I need the encouragement that Paul gave to Timothy. Be strengthened, my child, Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I need God. I need His grace every day. And God is faithful to give His grace. He's faithful to give you the strength that you need today to live this life. Have you ever tried to to row a boat upstream? Or have you ever tried to swim against the current? When I was a kid, me and my buddies, we would go to the Pilchuck River in Machias. On a hot summer day, we would love to go there and we would swim. And we would, we would have little competitions to see who could swim the furthest. Well, actually, we probably weren't swimming the furthest, but who could swim the best against the current. We would see if we could catch any ground uh, swimming against the current. But we'd always find that we ended up further back from where we had started. Living life without God, living life apart from dependence upon His grace is like trying to swim upriver. Can't do it. So how are you living your life right now? Are you living in that place of trust? Depending upon his strength, depending upon his grace, or are you trying with all of your might to do what only God can do? 
So the good news is that Jesus sees us struggling against the current, struggling, trying to make headway. He comes along in his 16-foot aluminum boat with the 15-horsepower Johnson motor. I don't think they make Johnson outboards anymore, do they? No. That's what we always used. They always started. So he comes along with his boat with his outboard motor, and he picks us up and he puts us into the boat, and he carries us upstream. We don't deserve it. That's grace. That is the grace that God has for you. So, so I encourage you, stop struggling in your Christian walk. Stop struggling in life. Stop trying to swim against the current. And trust. Trust in the strength of His grace, because He is faithful to pick up His children and to carry them through. So life doesn't work without the grace of God. Life is impossible without the grace of God. And life certainly cannot be full, abundant, and blessed without the grace of God. Amen. So he picks us up and he puts us in the boat. Did you know that that, that this, this area of the church is called the nave? You guys ever heard of that before? The place where... The people sit in the pews is referred to as the nave. Do you know what nave is the Latin word for? Boat. So it's all like we're all together in this boat with Jesus. So think of when you come and you gather in church, we're all in this boat and Jesus is with us. And he's the one that's leading us and guiding us and taking us where he, he wants us to go. So as you come and you sit in the nave, it's like sitting in a boat with your brothers and sisters, and we're in this boat together with Jesus as our captain. Amen. And he is a faithful captain. And we can be faithful because he is first faithful towards us. So how does one come into contact with the grace of God? Paul mentions this in in our reading. Key, the key to, to us having the grace of God made real and effective in our lives is the Word of God. We believe, we teach, and we confess that God's Word, the Bible, is the primary means of grace. The primary means of grace is the Scripture. So there is no... There is no uh, uh, reality of grace in your life apart from the scriptures. So this is why I'm always encouraging you to be a people of the word, to have your Bibles open, because the Bible is God's word, and the Bible is the primary means of grace for us. And so we're also called in the scriptures to be, to be faithful disciples. A life of discipleship requires Faithfulness, And after Paul wrote to be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, he gave to Timothy commands that show forth what it means to live faithfully. And we cannot cover all of the commands that Paul gave to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2. But I'll cover uh, one of them. 
or two of them, I think. So number one, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Paul wrote to Timothy, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Good soldiers are faithful soldiers. And that's what we're called to. We are called to be faithful to our commander. Jesus is our captain and our commander. And we're called to be faithful to him. And this includes a willingness to suffer. You see, living our lives as disciples of Jesus Christ, it isn't always a comfortable thing. And Jesus makes that plain throughout, throughout the New Testament. And Paul makes that plain throughout the New Testament. That to live as a, as a disciple of Jesus Christ is not a comfortable thing. It's a difficult thing. There are hardships in our lives as disciples of Jesus Christ. That's why we need His grace. Paul also uses the metaphor of an athlete and the metaphor of a farmer. The soldier, the athlete, and the farmer know that they need to remain faithful to their task. And they also know that their task is not easy. If you're going to serve as a soldier, you better know what you're getting into. It's not an easy task. If you decide to compete as an athlete, you better know what you're getting into. It's not easy. And if you want to be a farmer, it's not easy. So a life of discipleship requires faithfulness. Because living as a disciple of Jesus Christ is to say, Lord, I follow you wherever you command me to go. Even when it's not easy. Even when the task is difficult. And then number two, present yourself to God as one approved. Paul said to Timothy, present yourself to one as God, to one, present yourself to God as one approved. So, so this means faithfulness to God and to what he has given to us in his word. It means faithfulness to God's word. That we wouldn't twist his word and use his word in ways that, that, that cause problems rather than, than benefit others. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 15 through 18 again. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 15 through 18. He says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And then he says in verse 16, But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. And their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. And what's the result of them swerving from the truth of God's word? They are upsetting the faith of some. Be a worker who has no need to be ashamed. Present yourself to God as one approved. 
rightly handling the word of truth. So this means that we are faithful to God's word in every area of our life. But it also means that we're faithful to holy living. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 22 through 26, he says, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. He says, Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So we are called to live a life of holiness, a godly life. To live according to God's word. To repent of those things that we know do not please God. So to be faithful to him is to rightly handle God's word. To live a life of holiness. But again, we come back to the beginning of the sermon. We can't do any of this apart from the grace of God. We need His grace. We desperately need His grace because His grace is that which strengthens us. And God is faithful. He is faithful to you. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11-13, through 13, the saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with Him, we also will live with Him. And we, have, we are those who have been crucified with Christ. And the life that we live is no longer ours, but it belongs to Him. And we also know that, that, that when this, this physical body, which is decaying and dying, we know that when this physical body dies, we know that we will live with him. The Bible says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. For if we had died with him, we will also live with him, and you have died. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus, raised to live with him. If we endure, we'll also reign with him. And then the scripture says if we deny him, and he gives you that freedom. He doesn't force himself upon you. But he gives you freedom to walk away and to say no. He gives you freedom to to say no to him. And he honors that. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Don't reject Christ today. Receive him as your Savior. Trust in him. And here's the good news for those of us who worry (laughs) and for those of us who are stressed out. Have I denied Jesus? Have I lost my salvation? Am I going to make it to heaven? Verse 13, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. When I look at my Christian walk, when I look at my Christian life, 
When, when I look at, at the journey that I've been on, there have been so many times I am so ashamed of how many times and how often I have not been faithful to God. But I am so grateful that He is faithful to me. That His promises are true. And that He continues to pick me up and to carry me along in the strength of His grace. If we are faithless, He remains faithful. Why? For He cannot deny Himself. You belong to Christ. You are His. Your sins are forgiven. As far as the east is from the west, so far have your sins been removed. Walk in that grace. Trust in that reality today. Find in Jesus a faithful Savior. Find in Him a Savior that will never leave you nor forsake you. Let us pray together. Lord, we are so grateful today for your faithfulness to us. Lord, without your faithfulness, we would be lost. We would have no hope. We would have no strength. We would remain in the darkness. But Lord, because of your faithfulness freely given to us by your grace, that faithfulness which remains, uh, that, 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 that remains upon us and sustains us, Lord, we can know today that we walk uh, and that we live not in our own strength, not in our own power, but you pick us up and you carry us along and you lead us into the mission to which you've called us. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.